you people should stop buying shitcoins, because shitcoins are a financial risk for society. Only buy Bitcoin before you get financially wrecked. Consult with a professional before investing. This is incredible that we've got so many awesome people involved here. We're 37 hours in. It's still kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have uh, crypto graffiti and cyberpunk now coming on the show. Okay, oh, say hi to them and goodbye. See you, man. Yeah, see you around. So we're going to move from one last uh, This is going to be fantastic about the, about the intricacies of beautiful Bitcoin art uh, and that free manifestation of free speech. Uh, the phenom yeah. I'm really looking forward to this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, all right, you guys can unmute yourself because we're starting right now. Welcome to the next episode of the Bitcoin Rehab Show. Um, hey, thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, man. It's really a pleasure having you too. And like you, you guys are my two favorite artists, either way. So, other than a couple other guys, uh, so tell tell us a bit about yourselves. How do you guys get involved with Bitcoin art and art in general? Cypherbunk, now you want to go? Okay. All right. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, for me, it starts with Parallel Police, which we uh, which we started uh, like seven years ago, and uh, uh, I get uh, I did the graphic design for this project and uh, complete like uh, like visual identity, and uh, yeah, also I was uh, buying Bitcoin and spending it for coffee, and uh, that's how I get in. It's really cool. Like I, I saw like all the the movement before that. I think it was the Tokugan group that, that was the re previously that started the group, right? Exactly. With the red prints and things like the active activist uh, thing they did. But yeah, and then it somehow turned into the parallel police, the yes. parallel police. Yeah, <laughs> quite yeah. interesting. Yeah, parallel police is one of the project of the, of the group Stoven, and uh, yeah, it's actually running uh, last years and. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. All right, how about you, cryptography? Yeah, so um, it's it's kind of a loaded question in that like there's the the how'd you get into Bitcoin where it's it's like how yeah. were you introduced to it, right? And then there's the the how like what what life experiences have you had that made you like primed to even like learn, like actually accept what you were hearing when you first had about, heard about Bitcoin, you know? So it was kind of like the surface level one and then the deeper one, which I think is pretty fascinating because I've found when I, when I ask people, you know, how did you get into to Bitcoin? If I ask it like three times, then they start to like dive in more about their personal situation. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just got in seeing a need for, for art in the space. It was, it was early. I had, I was working on a startup and the developer has to be paid in Bitcoin. And then uh, this was way back end of 2011. And I, I just needed to make a gift for him for helping me out with the startup. And so it, I, I started uh, thinking of what I could give him that was related to his hobbies, which was Bitcoin and you know, like RC uh, planes. And anyway, that's what got me to start exploring it. But as, as I learned more about uh, what it was and why it was important, then I just saw that, all right, if this thing's really going to grow we're going to need all different walks of life life involved and at that stage it was you know a lot of the cypherpunks and, and libertarians and just not not much in the way of creatives 
And so it was, it was risky, but, but I, I saw the importance of it and I wanted it to grow. And so I, I couldn't code and, and what I could offer up was more on the creative side. And so that's what got me to, to look at it closer. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say so, 2011? What do you say? Did you say 2011? That's when I first heard about it. Uh, did the first piece more 2012. I did these little resin sculptures, um, but it wasn't really more towards 2013 that I started experimenting with like street art and detaching Bitcoin QR codes to it and and sort of dove in from there. Oh, yeah. Okay. A QR code from that time could have made you a millionaire by today's time. <laughs> if somebody would have just said, "Oh yeah, 2000, like 30, uh, 2013, yeah, let's send the guy 10, 10 bitcoins." <laughs> yeah, I wish I did have a I did a piece that spoke to Charlie Shrem's situation when he was uh, arrested and in how different it was his treatment versus HSBC, um, and then he had sent me a, a generous amount of, of bitcoin for that. But in general, it just wasn't. It was just kind of randomly done in, in the Bay Area here in California. And not a lot of people held held Bitcoin at the time in order to donate when they were walking by. But still fun experiments regardless. And and um, yeah. Yeah, by, by now you would have to post the lightning address, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, stacks are very valuable in comparison right now. Yeah. <laughs> So how do you guys view art as an exp expression within the Bitcoin space? Uh, once again, I didn't understand. How do you guys uh, view art as an expression within the Bitcoin space? What does it represent? What does it kind of give for people as a message in general? Or or how do you view it? Well, uh, I view it as uh, last underground uh, on the planet, which uh, happened, but uh, it's still not public i mean uh we are waiting for the for, for the bitcoinization but uh, uh well this is like uh, the time before and uh, i find it exciting i actually am not uh, looking forward for hyper bitcoinization because uh, this is for me like uh, something uh which is uh, comparable to dance scene in the 90s and uh, punk scene in 17s or whatever like uh, this is the oh yeah like you don't want it to end basically right because you know when we reach hyper bitcoin it's just going to end because everybody's going to be just using bitcoin and then it just loses that uh, aspect of uh, generating culture alone by itself oh yeah isn't it interesting that uh, bitcoin generates culture by itself <laughs> it's true it's true yeah what do you guys think about it Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's I think the work that you guys are doing is so important because it highlights why Bitcoin is so important. And really, depending on who you ask, you know, we're at a point now where we're asking like what how you define Bitcoin culture. It's kind of like asking like how you would define something as generic as like money culture, because you know, there's such a diverse group of people in the space now that those that religiously follow charts that day trade Bitcoin, you know, they're going to have a much different perspective on what the culture means than You know, people that are working on on Taproot, um, but I think that is a good thing because it it means you know we've grown to the point where there there is diversity in the space, and there's only so many you know cypherpunk anarchists that are writing code in, in a squat you know to go around. Um, 
And it's interesting because I think even beyond that, there's these like silos of, of cultures that, that have sprung up that really have different viewpoints. Like for example, there's this pretty famous uh, Max Kaiser video where he's debating Peter Schiff in, in, in the US here somewhere. I think it's like from 2017. And Max is just doing his thing, you know, he's going off and, and arguing with, with Peter and it's pretty hilarious. Um, but one of like the top comments on Reddit was that, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's, you know, this guy's an embarrassment. He should be wearing a suit if he wants Bitcoin to be taken seriously, he should stop yelling. And I'm just sitting here shaking my head because you know, that, that same clip on Twitter would, would be praised. So there's, and I think this kind of speaks to what I was referencing earlier and that there's these different stages of, of the rabbit hole that, that people go to uh, and, and can fall into. And, and a lot of it depends on their, their prior life experiences, you know, um, like if you grew up and you had a cushy lifestyle and your biggest problem was with a bank was something like an overdraft charge, then, then your ability to grasp the importance of what this is about would be different than like, um, I don't know, like the, the Egyptian owners of the Tahini's restaurant, you know, those are the guys that just put their company reserves in Bitcoin. Um, you know, they had issues with, with moving money after the, the government would, would freeze it frequently. So, so their experience would be totally different. Um, but I think, I think that's a good thing. You know, it shows that, that the space has matured and, and more people are getting involved. Yeah, I think it's 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 funny because at, at the moment we are like you said we have silos of people interested in Bitcoin, but in the end of the day everybody touches the yuan, dollar, or euro bill several times a day, and every person on the planet has to have to belong to one of of those silos sooner or later, and that's going to be interesting because. A, ton of silos that we have no imagination of at the moment that we cannot imagine will have to like come into existence additional right. ones because everybody will or i mean if you're talking hyper bitcoinization everybody will have to use bitcoin and we will see so many silos oh my god it's like it's a wild ride um ahead of us right agreed i think he's the you, you can see this reflected in the art too like for instance um, when there was the big run-up in 2017, there, there was a lot of art that came into the space that was just you know, like chart-based in, in, um, like in Bitcoin logos, and it kind of spoke to what people were experiencing, right? They, they started looking at Bitcoin to, to make money from it, and then maybe some of them left, but maybe some more uh, started to look deeper, and then they, their art evolved as well. Um, like the Visonacci ones? Like the what? The Bisonacci ones, or how do you spell his name with the Bogid? Uh, which one is it? Yeah, the Bogid. Uh, how, how do you spell it? The guy, you know, when he's with Bogdanovs there, and the guy is like trading and they're oh, controlling. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think it's an important time for, for Bitcoin art because of how much is happening with, with other platforms and other, other protocols. Um, seems like there's there's a lot of activity just in general because of the the protocol you can do more uh, with with other coins and so there's there's a lot of uh, artists that are looking to to other projects because there's there's just more experimentation that can be done with it but um, there, there's there's the Bitcoin 
an artist too that I think um, by and large know like just how important uh, it is and then the gravity of of um, what's at stake and and um, I think it's great I think we're getting and it seems like the caliber of the the work is is increasing too it's really awesome so like is there any difference between art on Bitcoin and art on for example ether can ether even generate anything at all if it's even generating something <laughs> I see cyberpunk now is like but Yeah. <laughs> a valid question <laughs> so tell, tell us if you know something you know what uh, for me as an artist it's very hard to uh, like uh, doing like it's not uh, happen uh, but there is a huge uh, change in the art market uh, in uh, meaning on nft and uh, and uh, yeah it's kind of uh, schizophrenic for me because uh, I trust Bitcoin and uh, Uh, this all ethereum thing is uh, very questionable but there is uh, some collectors who are putting big money in this and uh, they have to trust uh, it will stay valuable in next uh, 50 years so uh, it's uh, as I say it's questionable but uh, yeah I'm for me as an artist it's a it's a great uh, a great uh, new space to show yeah that. of course. How about you uh, graffiti how do you how do you see like nfts have you ever tried those things um yeah so i did the first nfts on ethereum it's kind of like nft ish like way back in mid 2017 um the the guy that travis who runs the the bitcoin meetup in san francisco i don't think he's, he's currently running it but He had a project that's now defunct called curio cards and he asked if i would be the first artist to, to do it on Ethereum and so it's it's sort of nft ish because it's not one of ones but it's still similar in concept in that there's this prov provably scarce art and so I did I did some Bitcoin related art um, and then I there was some issues just because it re hadn't really been done before and in, in not only with that specific startup but um, I haven't revisited it and it's not I I, I think there's There's value in them, and I think it's no uh, mystery why there's a lot of artists that are exploring it. You know the the secondary market, the kickbacks for artists, the um, you know the community, the, everyone supporting each. I think it's a. It, I think in a lot of ways it's a really beautiful thing. Um, for me, just personally with my work, it's very. I think I I want to see NFTs on Bitcoin. They actually were. At one point, and I've been kind of working behind the scenes a bit to to bring it back. You know, rare, rare Pepe's one of one editions are essentially NFTs, right? And so it's it's feasible. Counterparty has issues with um, devs that can devote time to it, and then also um, Bitcoin fees uh, with with Counterparty could be an issue. Right now, not not so much, but in the future. But then you look at the the fees with ETH, and it's like, well, why not? Why don't we do it then? And I think um, with with Pepe's, it's it's awesome. It was an amazing project. It had this awesome community. But it's by by having it be themed, it didn't really inspire some artists who didn't want to have their work be frog based, right? So I've, <laughs> I think a a good future marketplace would be something that kind of taps into that nostalgia of the Pepe's while also allowing uh, artists to do their own <laughs> non frog art. Um, 
And the, the real issue is that who's going to fund it, who's going to build it when, you know, there's no PR team, there's no consensus. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, I think it, I, and this, I'm putting this out as, as a, a call out to anyone who does want to get involved. I'm having some telegram chats with, with other people about if we were to do this, you know, what would it look like? Um, because I, I think now that it's, it's proven that there is a market for the verifiably rare artwork. And if we could do something like that, like a hybrid uh, Pepe's, which I think will go up in value over time since they were the OGs and, uh, and new Bitcoin art, I think, uh, I think it could take off. Uh, Bitpain was actually trying to do some NFTs on the liquid network. Have you ever considered that one? Uh, yeah. Um, I've, I've talked with, I've been trying to group together artists and, and some of the, I think it's also great what they're doing, but there is pushback for it being federated. Um, and so it's tough because there's only so many people that want to get involved with, with trying these things out. And it's divided between um, the counterparty group who kind of have these heavy bags with the Pepe's and then the liquid group where there's pushback for it being federated. Then there's RGB, which is just not fully baked yet. And, and, and there's no, I think real commitment to having there be an art focus with it. So there's not a lot of people to begin with. And then the ones that are out there are fairly divided. And, and then again, there's not much money, especially outside of the liquid area to, to motivate. Um, and mm -hmm. so essentially we're playing on hard mode compared to Ethereum. Any yeah. comments from Martin? Yeah. Yeah. I, I follow, <laughs> you know, I, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so how, how do you guys view uh, the, the development of art in the space ever since 2017 since the us happened did it improve did memes start coming into the forefront more or do we see something different happening i'm sorry i again hear you uh, uh okay I, I will repeat it uh so ever since 2017, how do you view the space? How did art develop? Did it become more focused on memes or is it, is it starting to turn into some uh, more unique, uh, distinctive form of art? Well, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh. I don't know. Can uh, cryptography answer us, please? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, there's both. Uh, I think just in general, it brought a lot more people into the space. And with that came the memers. And I think <laughs> memes definitely can be art. It's one of these things where it's kind of straddles uh, the, and, and blurs the lines of, of uh, art and comedy and a number of different uh, genres. Um, but it definitely plays a part and especially with something like Bitcoin, which is this very, uh, straightforward, you know, there, I think, um, because it's so important and the subject matter for what it has the potential to do is so serious that the memes kind of like let some steam off. And then since the, since it's a very straightforward protocol where, where it's, it's purposefully, not able to be messed with we need uh these other outlets it's 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 why <laughs> i think people are just so hungry for for 
content be, because there's not much uh, in the way of like creative culture with development of Bitcoin that, um, you know, it's why you see whenever someone mentions Bitcoin, uh, like a celebrity, everyone just immediately runs to it. It's it's uh, it's needed. The, the memes are are important because it's it kind of feeds into this cultish behavior. And I don't say that in a bad way. You know, I think in order to get this this concept off the ground and and have it be commonplace, you need almost cultish behavior so people can recognize that there's this this pride in it and this group of people that will do anything to, to have it succeed because it's so important for humanity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me, let me steer the topic a tiny bit onto art sales and stuff. Uh, Martin, you've been doing art for hackers Congress every year. How's it been going ever since then? Have it been, uh, becoming a major attraction point for the event that, uh, that you always create art brand new ones for each Congress. Okay, let me talk about this. Uh, like, uh, I did uh, graphic designs from beginning, and in, uh, I also in that time get the screen printing uh, table, and I learned a whole the process uh, in like a few years. And uh, the first art I print for Parallelpolis or for Hackers Congress was 2017. Uh, and uh, it was just from pure enthusiasm. I didn't uh, even think to sell it. It was like just uh, because uh, I love screen printing and I have uh, I had some ideas which I printed and uh, it uh, sells. Uh, it all sells. So I was like, uh, okay, this is like crazy. But uh, I didn't uh, pay many like attention, and I still been working like uh, freelance graphic design and it took me uh, till 2019 uh, when I switched from freelance graphic to to the uh, like like Bitcoin art and uh, now I'm doing only Bitcoin art <laughs> related art and uh, it's much more fun and uh, yeah it's uh, it's uh, I saw very well on congresses, and uh, this year it's all fucked up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, of Wuhan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, complicated. I was I had a plan to travel uh, like uh, a lot of congresses this year, but it all was cancelled. So uh, I'm concentrating more for Twitter and uh, my webpage. So yeah. yeah, like your last picture also turned out really great. The Bitcoin tree. Well, what you submitted into uh, Citadel Twenty One. Oh yeah, yeah. Want to talk a little bit, a little bit about that also, like with the whole work on Citadel Twenty One. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm doing the graphic layout for printed uh, version now. I did two issues, and next week I'm gonna start the third. Oh, that's cool. That's what I wanted to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, that's uh, just the best work, you know what? Uh, I'm doing this for Bitcoiners, and uh, it's from Bitcoiners, and uh, also uh, Hodlonaut and Katoshi are super friendly. They didn't uh, tell me anything about graphic, like uh, in the meaning, like uh, I have to change anything or whatever. So, so it's uh, all artistic freedom, and you're developing them, right? Yeah, but completely. That's really cool. It's very unusual, and. Uh, 
yeah so i'm enjoying this uh, cooperation and uh, and uh, yeah i i uh, show my artwork there on the first uh, issue and i didn't know at the time that uh, there will be some printed edition and uh, that's the bitcoin tree uh, cooperation uh, yeah i forgot the name of the with oxtail and uh, it, did write a beautiful text and it fits to my uh, image and uh, so we presented there. At the really page. nice. Citadel. It's Do you beautiful. Plan on... Yeah, sorry, go on. No, I just huge fan of the work you're doing, Martin. The, it, those, the issues are absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> Maybe Chet wants to ask something. Yeah, I'm in the meanwhile tweeting about um, memes and stuff like uh, trying to cover everything a little bit that we are um, discussing here. So I'm like feeding it directly to Twitter. <laughs> and I, um, I I give you the space because my my art, um, my knowledge about art is very limited. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, this is like, interesting because you guys are artists and I really love art also because I'm quite an art collector as a furry since, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that this topic just kind of randomly came. I didn't want to talk about it, but this kind of just, you know, since, you know, art is kind of like important to me also to work with because I've been working with many artists over the years and it's just kind of fascinating looking like uh, these type of arts related to Bitcoin and like how this kind of portraying Bitcoin and the space and people's culture that's kind of developing in the entire space, basically. Yeah, just quickly about that and how it relates to Citadel 21, I think it's so important that we have uh, a, a zine like that to highlight the creative culture. Um, you know, yeah, Bitcoin. especially that. Yeah. Um, Early on, you know, Bitcoin Magazine, I was, uh, I I was intrigued by their some of their early issues and in the art that was uh, in the magazines, and I, I really gotta give props um, to Hadla Nut and Katoshi and the whole team for for uh, highlighting artists and musicians and, and writers because um, we we need we need that to to spread, you know. And they they were great also with with working with me much like the layout with you Martin where um, you know Halana just asked me he said hey do you want to do this and I said sure what are the parameters and he said there are none essentially so complete creative freedom um, which is of course something that every artist wants to hear um, but yeah just in general to to be able to show that there's there's a, a variety of people that are in the space that are thinking differently than. What you might typically just just find um, with on online, right? We need to to have all different types of people involved. Yeah, I was um, also thinking. I mean, like art would also be literature, and what is completely missing at the moment, and um, probably um, that is something that I, that really is like uh, sort of sad for me. Is like um, sci-fi movies or or books that are having this topic of hyper Bitcoinization. As a, as a main um, theme, like the, the the story from the Citadel, a time travel story from the future, that is that is something really cool, like really cool to read. Of all, obviously, sort of sinister, but I think you can really make this into a really awesome read for for 
for for a general audience, not for a hardcore Bitcoin. It's kind of missing, uh, yeah, that's true. Group, but but just like write a nice book, let's say place it in the uh, year twenty thirty, and then just go for it. Explain how Venezuela became the most rich country because the people were stacking their sets over there because they understood why. This is something that is sort of missing. I mean, I understand also the, the, this concept of um, um, art in in general, but I think literature is something that is. We have a ton of books that are covering the technical details and um, that that also probably are could be described as as like um, as motivational books. But but this kind of yeah novels have been completely. We don't have anything significant there yet, or or they didn't miss something. There we have an open flank. We have to cover that one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone to comment on that? Well, it's not up to us. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, actually, I started writing a few chapters, but I'm, I then I recognized that I'm a technical person and I, I should rather not do it. <laughs> I'll help you. I'll help you. <laughs> yeah, I will put it in GitHub and everybody can write something. Yeah. That would be quite an interesting collaborative work. Yeah. Collaborative artwork. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Let's just tear this up a tiny bit. Uh, you guys know Pascal Boyard, right? Yeah, I love his work. Yeah, we love his work, yeah. What do you guys think about his more, how would I say, his style? Or like, you know, the, the protest artworks and things he's been doing? Uh, I absolutely love it. I think um, in addition to the style, just having it be public is so key, right? Um, because we have sort of our Twitter bubble um, and in getting it outside, it's everyone kind of already knows on Twitter why, why this is important, but being able to, to have it reach outside, you know, li quite literally is, is key and to be able to reach people who, who would be intrigued to know, you know, what, what is this artwork all about and what is it speaking to? What do you think about it, Martin? Uh, I didn't catch the beginning uh, of the answer, so I'm sorry, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were busy. You were busy, right? <laughs> 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 so yeah, we were talking about Pascal Boyard's uh, activist art form that he I, does. You know, he he had like multiple uh, street arts about bank bills and stuff like that. What do you think about those? I don't know it. About what? Did the, what is the name? Uh, Pascal Boyard's uh, yeah. art form. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. okay, I'm completely. In you know, he has this is is interesting style that he he does protest art, and then he uses uh, the Bitcoin donation addresses to signal something. Yeah, I think it's uh, very clever. I mean, uh, for like uh, he's doing a very good uh, job for mass adoption. I mean, in meaning of uh, people are talking about it and uh, they recognize it, and uh, I think it's. It's very cool when it's uh, on the street, and it's I love it. Also, like, it's it's yeah. works. Uh, it's 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 um, kind of like modern takes on on famous works, right? And so people can see, like they might recognize that this was uh, a past work, and sort of catches their eye, and um, as as something that they may have seen before. And then when they they look closer, they say, "Oh, here's the difference. Why is it different?" And then then there's the Bitcoin. Uh, address. I think it's really cool. Yeah. It's... 
So how did uh, your cryptography, how did your uh, latest uh, cover for Citadel 21 came around? Um, that was, as I mentioned, Hadla and I just reached out to see if I wanted to do something. And I was working, I want to get more into this uh, space where it's it's collaborative art. All right, I did this this mural down in at the Venezuelan border, um, and I found just in general, like if if the subject matter is is Bitcoin and trying to spread Bitcoin adoption, then it just makes sense to try and get more people involved and to use the the network effects of having more people just touching the art in some way. And so with that mural, um, you know, the idea was that it, like anyone online could donate to have pieces of the mural in person taken down, and so by having it structured in that fashion, it just meant that there was a lot of people interacting with, with the piece. And then hopefully that would help spread about, um, you know, how it related to Bitcoin and, and they could learn about the situation in Venezuela. And so that was the first in um, what'll be more works that follow the same guidelines. Right. And so I'd already had this idea of how, how can I do something similar or involves people from all over the world to show this, global nature of Bitcoin and and get them involved. Um, and and then the the medium, these these bank bags, uh, it's just cheap to to send these like to mail these, it's just like one stamp anywhere in the world. Unfortunately, it was when COVID was happening and then the the United States Postal Service is also experiencing issues. So pe- people are still getting them in the mail. Sent out like us. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, um but there were still dozens of people that got them and were able to participate. And yeah, so it, it, it was just this, this idea of trying to show the, this, how, how this movement touches people from all over the world and, and, and why we should be proud to have gotten to where we are now, um, which was a, a, an uphill battle and, and against many odds. And um, so sort of a celebration of sorts that, that we've gotten to this point, knowing that there's going to be a lot more work ahead. Do you guys plan on doing collaborative art with other artists on Citadel Twenty One or uh, other other venues like uh, Paranipolis? Uh, uh, not so much. I mean, uh, in Paranipolis, it's all like uh, uh, I mean, uh, we never uh, think about it uh, actually. And uh, by myself, I know I should make some uh, more like. Uh, um, collaborative art, but uh, I'm so busy on my projects that uh, I have no time for it. How did the Bitcoin one came around, actually? You never really told me about it. Uh, what do you mean? The Bitcoin collaborative art, you know, the one you did with Bitcoinowski. Yeah, that was very, like, uh, fast. It was a few days before uh, Congress and... Uh, uh, it happened just uh, by a few emails, uh, which, uh, you know what, uh, I think, uh, I feel I we should give more time into it if I have uh, to comment. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, at least, you know, the best ideas kind of bring out the best usually, because that's, that's still the one that hangs in my room right now. <laughs> People have less time to uh, think of excuses, right? Like you have to organize yourself in a way that you don't have time for panic. 
Yeah, we can say that, yeah. Um, what else you wanted to cover? I have a collaboration in the works with Josie Bellini, um, who does really cool AR-enabled artwork um, that's Bitcoin-related and Ethereum-related. Um, so it's something that I've had in the works for a long time now, uh, and she she's uh, working with me to to have the work be AR enabled, which is pretty cool. So hopefully that'll be out in the next few months or so. Oh yeah, how are you guys with VR? I need to do more. <laughs> I haven't really <laughs> learned it very much. Um, it's kind of like what Martin was saying, where there's, you're just busy with other work. And um, yeah, I did, I actually, um, with the, the Bitcoin rally guys, uh, the uh, Mount Gox. Um, the Mint Gox, you mean? Mint Gox, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, that's a totally different project. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did, did something there where they essentially did the heavy lifting and, and uh, just asked me for images of my work. But uh, yeah, I could definitely stand to, to get more immersed in it. Yeah, I think it's also a very interesting thing, this this AR or VR topics, because what we are seeing is that all those platforms are being centralized. And how do you want to get um, your art, um, Bitcoin-related art, into digital projects that are super centralized? You know, like Microsoft has this um, VR alt space, I guess it's called. Um, and you have, of course, this huge online games, but you cannot, like, the, the, the providers, like, let's say the developers, they control which content is being, like, projected in that, in that virtual reality, and there you have a tough time, I assume, um, to implement some sort of, I don't know, like, yeah, Bitcoin art if you want, huh? It kind of reminds me. It's going to be interesting for Microsoft to look back that uh, reckless VR show today with Smuggler talking about smuggling things across borders. <laughs> oh God! Okay, but that's also some some sort of like massive centralization of power and what you yeah. like 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 show to the people to the audience that is getting bigger and bigger. Most people are scared of getting out of the houses. They would rather. <laughs> put on some VR headsets and stay in their cozy virtual reality. And I think that's the, the future of uh, advertising and also probably the future for art, most likely. That's something nobody can probably. ignore. And then then what, what do we end up? How do we fight censorship in a virtual reality, right? It's really that's... hard. Like, for example, like Linden Lab tried to make a virtual world uh, called Sunstar, but it's kind of closed down because it, they never Managed to gain traction because there's some we lost other you. fundamental issues that were going on right now. I don't know if you guys ever heard about it. You were lost for like uh, like three seconds. Can you repeat? Oh, sorry about it. Do you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, so like uh, a sensor was developed by Linden Lab and it kind of uh, got sold because it didn't manage to gain traction. And like their main focus was basically on art and exhibition type of uh, VR environments. And like it didn't really work out for them. And Second Life haven't been really uh, improving over the years also for it to be, you know, be able to compete with the VR worlds like uh, like VR Chat or Alt Space VR. Because in the past, lots of artists were using these spaces also to display their art online. Just because of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know, have you, heard, have you guys ever heard about these things? Or have you ever tried Second Life, for example? 
No, that was before my times. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, also I don't have any experience with this, but uh, I'm on CryptoVaxels now. I mean, uh, if you've been there, this is like amazing uh, experience. It's like oh yeah. Metastate. Is this on Ether actually? Uh, yeah, well, it is. Okay. But anyway, it's like the all the crypto artists are showing their stuff and collectors and uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. And also the meeting people there is uh, <laughs> it's a nice experience. So I'm okay. pretty excited by with, with this. Have you tried any virtual world uh, cryptography? Um, just very briefly, I haven't done much um, Linden Labs was actually just down the street from me in San Francisco, and um, <laughs> yeah, this, this is, I'm not sure if they're still there, but um, yeah, you know, I've I've not not much experimentation. Uh huh. Um, so, how do you guys view? Why is it that paper money or gold doesn't create as much culture as Bitcoin does today? <laughs> Once again, please, why is... Why is it that paper money and gold doesn't create as much culture as Bitcoin does? <laughs> is it because it's properties or because there's more, more human organization behind it? That, uh, like, that defends it or something? What you know what like I the driving force. I think I think what 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 we are missing here is Bitcoin is ten years old or eleven years old and fiat monies are like three hundred years old um, or or uh, dating back further and gold is around since three thousand years. So I guess in the beginning <laughs> of gold and fiat currencies there was quite a large community. Okay, fiat currencies probably not because they were enforced by governments, but. You had the gold rushes, and there were it was yeah, a big. Those were just gold rushes. We were trying to get rich quick, basically. It, it it gold didn't create like a revolutionary space environment around it. That is that is the question, right? Because I mean, back in the days, we didn't have the internet. We don't. We didn't know what the people were doing. Yeah. Most likely, they were gathering around a campfire and were telling each other stories about how they've dug out some uh, shiny rocks uh, and were haunted by uh, running away from bears or whatnot. I mean, yeah, the situation is different now. We have the internet, which is an awesome thing, and I think we can like share and exchange experiences way, way better than the, those poor guys uh, with their um, with their access could back in the days during the Colonial Gold Rush, I guess. Yeah, and also there is the whole philosophy behind the Bitcoin and it's like uh, bringing some uh, new uh, like the life experience. So it's uh, like the artists, you have many uh, to comment on Bitcoin. And also because it's uh, new and uh, only 11 years old. Yeah. yeah, we have to pave the new way at the moment. You can you can argue that with like hip hop, for instance, that the fiat uh, is like it's almost every other lyric for some artists. Um, so it's it's out there and in, in, um, held in high regard. But I think that's that's when you'll know that we we've reached hyper Bitcoinization is when the the artists with the the gold teeth also have the 
the diamond studded QR code around their chain and <laughs> <laughs> or the ledger on their neck or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like the little bubble, the, the yeah, like uh, the guy who does the the music. That's also interesting how he incorporates all these elements into his music, actually. Yeah, and you would think that, especially with how how art like mainstream artists want to be known as being on the cutting edge, you know, that it would have caught on even more so at this point. Like, I think we'll we'll have the. Uh, uh, Michael Saylor version of of an artist who who just goes all in and explains um, you know why why they're doing it and why like in in lyrical form why it's it's the move and and then it'll cause uh, the the kids to to start having a, a closer look at it. It's, it I'm I am kind of shocked. I mean Kanye. I'm I'm also uh, curious why he, he just had that one sentence about it. You know, it's like it's it seemed like he he was in um and this was a couple of years ago now i think i'm pretty um, sure he is in right but there hasn't been much like talk since then about about it from a from a cultural perspective or or just in any regard yeah it's true um we are not there yet i guess um yeah there is Do still a long way far away yeah that's the problem it's I mean, it's it's uh it's a a huge chance, right? I mean, we are the ones that f like determine or define the future of that uh, protocol that is Bitcoin, which is awesome, and a huge responsibility if you think like that. Yeah. How it's, do you guys see yourself? Like, what you guys gonna be doing in like five or ten years as an artist? Hmm. <laughs> uh, it's still the same I mean yeah that's uh, I'm really enjoying my work now after many years uh, I feel freedom and I hope uh, we're gonna stay <laughs> but nothing is sure yeah I, I didn't know this would be a job interview um <laughs> <laughs> It's an assessment center, actually. <laughs> um, what is your biggest weakness as an artist? No, uh, <laughs> I, I think, like for me, just to be able to have complete creative freedom and and be really unbeholden to anyone else um, would would be has, has always been the goal. You know, I. I I, uh, I cut my, I have artists in my family and I, when I was starting to get into this, it was also seeing some of the trials and tribulations that they had in working with, with dealers and galleries. And, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's going to be short lived. Like the, the days of giving 50% of your, your income over to someone else when, when artists are required to do so much of their own promotion with social media. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of aspects to it that are just, not they're just kind of scammy too like there there's uh oftentimes they'll artists won't get paid because the the dealer will need the money for a different show that they're trying to be put, trying to hold and then the the payment will be delayed and so anyway like for me to be able to just do this on my own and to be able to think up my own concepts and not have to 
tailor my work to someone else and, and their ideas is is really it. And um, in general, like the the subject matter is is leaning more towards like Bitcoin from a like a humanitarian perspective. Like I'm really influenced by um, like Alex Gladstein's work and and just as as the the narrative has sort of shifted um, with with Bitcoin, like there was a time where it was really heavily like payments oriented, you know, early on, right? And then now it's it's more in the camp of store of value, and you learn more about why uh, these are all important and, and the 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 limitations with them and in the the freedoms that they can bring. It it um, it it makes your work shift too. And so, just in the past few years, I've I've wanted to do more with um, work that speaks to how this is important for uh, those that are living under authoritarian rule, you know. And so the the Venezuelan project was an example of that. And I've got a couple more coming up that are kind of along the same lines. Do you guys want to share a bit? Like, what are you guys working on right now for the viewers? Any special project you guys are working on or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Other than Hackers Congress. <laughs> I know Hackers Congress, and uh, I'm just uh, releasing some NFTs on, uh, on Rarible, which is kind of a jungle of, of NFTs. And uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah this is, uh, I already speak about it, that uh, it's schizophrenic, but uh, I decide to not to ignore it and, uh, and uh, just uh, enjoy it because the movement is strong and uh, the vibe is good. So uh, I'm working on NFTs now. What about you, Cryptography? Hey, I've got a few projects in the works. Um, one is just follow-up work uh, from the project that happened in Venezuela. And so excited to, uh, I guess this is an announcement of an announcement, but we're going to be, uh able to talk about that more in the not too distant future some of the developments that have happened down there and um it was a fundraiser uh, to try and um help with a uh, a humanitarian center in in Cucuta which is the border city there with Venezuela and so um yeah that's coming along and there'll be uh some work related to that uh and then also this other project i referenced with Josie Bellini is going to um Without like talking too much about it, it's going to be sort of a a pushback on the Fed here in in the states and in trying to show people also um, who may not kind of similar to these Venezuelan refugees in us trying to show the importance of of Bitcoin and why it might be better for them as they're trying to cross the border. Um, also, with this this project stateside that I'm doing, it's going to be trying to show. Uh, those in in more impoverished neighborhoods of of the U.S. why Bitcoin might be a better uh, approach for savings than than keeping your money in fiat. Yes, very interesting projects. I really look uh, look forward to see more of that. And as promised, I will also um, do my share and upload the few words of my <laughs> of my book to GitHub. Uh, yeah, Caro, you can to. have a look at it. <laughs> <We'd> love to. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, do you guys think we're gonna see a Martin Fisher and Crypto Graffiti collab at the next Hackers Congress? <laughs> hey, that would be pretty cool, actually. 
at the very least, would love to trade a print with you, man. Uh, really dig your work, and I get it about the the busy, being busy stuff. I've got like eight eight projects myself that are on the on the the back burner. But yeah, man, I, I, stoked to to meet you guys here virtually. And I I want I've never been out that way, and so hopefully next year all this shit is over, and would would love to to meet in person and, and drink some pilsners. Hell yeah, man! <laughs> Talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Maybe in Prague, yeah. <laughs> when this whole craziness is over in the world. Yeah. But at least let's let's look at the bright side. At least now Hackers Congress is finally a cypherpunk congress. I mean cypherpunk conference, because you know, let's thank the Czech government for <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh oh yeah. I mean that that's the net positive that came out of it at least. <laughs> it's true you can now uh create a conference just virtually um everywhere is cool i mean people deduct the uh advantages by just log into their computers and connect with people uh, the last year was like yeah. crazy and it was really a step forward i guess we were really fast forward forwarding digitalization everywhere uh, yeah, we this is for a step forward for Hackers Congress, in my opinion. Last year, there wasn't a HCPPTV. Yeah, it wasn't needed. But yeah. This yeah. Year, yeah, I don't know. You can see how many people are watching your uh, your uh, broadcast. Or, uh, I mean, Around 14. <laughs> okay. It just depends <laughs> on what time is it over there. Like It's quite a quirky time zone right now. But... I don't know. I think it's a really, really great uh, approach for you guys also with Hackers Congress of having a parallel fourth dimension here with Bitcoiners talking. And it's like quite interesting in my opinion. Yeah. Do you think you guys are going to keep doing this at least from next year? Or is it going to be just something temporary? Oh, well, I have no idea. I think, uh, I hope uh, we don't need to make it again, but uh, maybe we will uh, keep it for because it's uh, spreading the information. But uh, yeah. it's pretty good at it, yeah. Yeah, but uh, we would like. Um, I, I would like to meet you personally again on the, on the congress. And, of course, we're gonna meet in person, but we, you know we need to keep going with the show and things like that. I mean. Just think about it. At least, at least this way, people who don't buy tickets, they can still attend Hackers Congress in some format, and then they can still get exposed to the information. And maybe next year they're gonna next year they're gonna go and and attend the conference physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just a net positive for basically for Paralympics, basically. Yeah, true. So I think we're gonna wrap up here because in six minutes, uh, our next. Uh, session gonna start with ben prentice and rafael gonna come and i don't know what the hell they're gonna talk about because the topic is blank <laughs> uh so yeah I, I really thank you guys for coming it was really a pleasure talking with you guys and sharing your views and your experiences i really appreciate it and i'm really sure the viewers and listeners also do it so thank you thank you too yeah thanks for that. thanks for me also so thanks for coming in. Take Have care. A good night, guys.